This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Caregiver's Compass. My name is Stephanie Muscat. I am a registered social worker and psychotherapist. Please note that this episode is not the act of psychotherapy. Well, hello and welcome to season two of Caregiver's Compass. I'm so excited to be back. We have such a great season ahead. And I wanted to do something a little bit different this season than I did last season. And I decided that I wanted to talk more about myself and my journey as a caregiver for my mom and my grandmother. I have touched on this in the past, but I think that adding different episodes this season on my own journey would be really good so that you could get to know me and how I went through everything. And it can be an opportunity just to be able to relate to someone else who might be going through the same thing. I haven't fully dived into my own journey. And so I think that season two is an excellent time to do that. So today, that is exactly what I am going to do. I'm going to talk about things, how they kind of unraveled from the beginning to now. And I'm going to start today with, I guess, what would be the beginning of what we saw as signs of dementia and what started the caregiving process. I will say that my mom had elicited different behaviors throughout my entire life, which we now think was due to many things going on in her brain. But this was really the start of realizing that, okay, there's actually something very, very wrong here. So I'm going to take us all the way back to the mid 2000s, mid to end 2000s. And uh, I was away at university and I was doing my undergraduate degree and I got a call from my mom and she said, hi, don't, you know, don't panic or anything, but I was in a car accident And I am pretty sure that I had a concussion. Now, my mom has had a lot of head trauma throughout her life. She has been in several major car accidents. She had meningitis when she was a baby. And so her meningitis led to calcification in her brain. She has a cyst in her brain. She has what's called an encephalocele in her nose, which pretty much is there's like her brain is pretty much able to just come out of a gap in her nose without getting too graphic. She doesn't have that bone barrier there. So there was a lot going on in her life. She had some other head trauma as well. And so when she had the concussion, which she actually did, she was right. The belief is that her, her brain just couldn't handle it anymore. And if I think back to 
my life with her, besides a lot of the behavioral outbursts that she would exhibit um, and then not really remember about, like she would have a lot of behavioral outbursts or she would have a lot of, you know, emotionally, what would, what might seem emotionally abusive at the time. And then she just would not have any recollection or see that anything was wrong with it. In addition to that, she, looking back, would often put things in places and then have absolutely no memory of where she put it. And I mean, we all do things like that, but she would use the same place. Like I remember we had a new company come one time to clean her home and she put her purse away uh, just because she didn't know these people. And she always used the same hiding spot. And when they left, she said to me, I don't remember where I put my purse. I can't find it. And I never thought anything of it at the time, but looking back now, I can very clearly see there was something going on with her memory as well, or her problem solving and logic. And so I would often say, well, did you look in the closet, mom? And she'd look and lo and behold, there was her purse. So looking back, there was a lot going on, but back to that day in university, I got a call from her and she said, everything was okay, but I think I had a concussion. And after that accident, I would say maybe a month or two later, she shifted her entire behavior shifted. She was a different person. I would come home and she would be so verbally aggressive. And I I had never seen her like this. I had seen her verbal before, but not like this. And like, I would walk into the room and she would just start swearing at me or I'd walk downstairs and she would just start exploding on me. And I did not know what was going on. And I also noticed that she started having all of the mail and all of the bills she'd get pile up on the dining room table. And that was not like her. She was very on top of bills her entire life. She was the one who did our taxes. She was the one who organized the bills at the end of the month. And she used to take it into her little office room and put them on her desk and they would never go piled up on the dining room table. So that was really bizarre. And that's when I started noticing that things were wrong. And then what ultimately ended up happening, not just very long after that, she would start sending me very harsh emails and I would get them all the time. She would start calling me at all hours of the day. And I did touch on this in an episode in season one about boundaries but she did start calling me at all hours of the day. She just didn't seem to have any insight into what was going on and her stressors. She started calling my dad's work all the time, which was very unlike her. She would never do that. And his colleagues used to say, you know, your wife's calling around the clock. She didn't know what she wanted. She constantly said she needed help. And I think it was really because her brain wasn't allowing her to complete tasks and She just didn't know what to do. It was very weird for her. She did say to me at one point when I came home from university, she said, what's going on with me? And I said, I don't know, mom, I really don't know. And she definitely was aware sometimes. I don't think all the time, but I think she just could not complete tasks. Like her executive functioning was, was going away. And 
you know, it took a really, really long time to figure out what in the world was going on. I remember when she was going through all of this stuff and and being very verbally abusive and calling me all the time and attacking me. And please keep in mind, I'm an only child. She doesn't really have a lot of family. And honestly, at the time she had been so emotionally aggressive to her friends that nobody was speaking with her anymore. So really it was just me and my grandmother that were her phone contacts. And so she would really put everything on me. And I remember I thought she had a mental health issue because I was studying a lot of mental health related topics in neuroscience in my undergrad degree. So I went and got a social worker and I tried to connect her to some groups because she told me she was lonely and she wanted me to help her connect to, to friends, which if you think about it, that's kind of backwards. You know, she was somebody who was in her early sixties asking her 20 something year old to connect her to friends that didn't make a lot of sense, but I tried to tap into all the resources I could. I got a social worker. I thought she had a mental health issue. We tried to connect her to a psychiatrist because at one point we thought she had border uh, bipolar disorder. And I started joining groups about bipolar disorder because she was acting very manic at a lot of times and also had a lot of features of depression and features of being very, very low. So I thought maybe that was the issue. I I couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't until at the end of undergrad that I was doing a placement at a nearby uh, hospital that primarily deals with dementia that I saw people who reminded me of my mom. And I remember I got in the car with my dad and I said, daddy, mommy has dementia. Like, I think she has Alzheimer's or, or another type of dementia because she is like these people. And he said, no, no, there's no way. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she has dementia, daddy. This is what it is. And it was a very long road to get her diagnosed. I talked about it in my podcast episode with the remember me ladies, and it was a a very long, long process. And it was really, really hard, especially as somebody who was so young and was just trying to figure out where they fit in life. And I was trying to figure out my career and I was trying to explore my sense of self. And I had all these friends who understandably could not understand where I was coming from. And all of a sudden I was dealing with all of this stuff with my mom. And unfortunately there wasn't anybody else who could help me. My dad was in denial. He was working. He refused to believe that there was anything going on. Uh, And that's something that usually that's just him. He can't come to very difficult things on his own. Initially, it's very hard for him. He puts up a wall and he has to tap into his own emotions on his own and process it by himself. So there was a lot of denial. He wouldn't talk to me about it. And my grandmother was in her early nineties 
And I would talk to her about it and she would tell me she noticed something, but she was very old school. She just didn't think there was anything we could do when we thought that it was, you know, a mental health issue for her age and her generation. If you had a mental health issue, you just dealt with it. Like that was just it. You didn't, there was nothing else to that. It was like, oh, you know, you had anxiety or depression or something that led to alcoholism. Well, that's just the way it was. So she couldn't really help me with that either. And it was a lot for me. And eventually we did get help, but oh my gosh, I remember for one entire year, I was a disaster. Like I had a journal and I was just crying all the time. And I had to email my professors all the time and tell them I wasn't coping. And I was going back and forth from here to university, which was like an hour and a half on the bus and trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Sorry to use those terms, but there was something wrong. So I was trying to figure out what was wrong. And yeah, it was, it was hard. And I remember I couldn't relate to anybody around me. None of my friends got me. A lot of people thought like, oh my gosh, all you do is talk about this. And why can't you just have fun or party, which was what we did back in the day. So there wasn't an understanding, which made me feel so alone and so isolated at the time. I started distancing myself from certain people or they would distance themselves from me because they thought that I was over-exaggerating. But also I think if they were dealing with things with family members, it wasn't really their parent at the time. It was like a grandparent and their parents were managing it, or they had, you know, multiple family members dealing with it. And I think to me, this was unique because I was the only one in it, which I now know, (laughs) you know, with all my clients and, and um, in this community is most people are seemingly doing it on their own. And it's very, very hard. And it can feel like the world doesn't understand you or the world is against you and you're in it by yourself and no one can get it. So finding a network, which didn't exist at the time and really reaching out to specific supports is so important, which I've said is, you know, why I created this company and this community. So yeah, it was, it was hard. And the only person I could really rely on at that time was my husband who's my husband now, he was there for me the entire time, but, you know, not having support, not knowing what's going on, dealing with a mother who was a very emotionally volatile, a father who was in denial, who wouldn't talk to me about it. My grandmother started getting sick at the time. It was really hard. So that was the beginning of my journey with my mom. And when I really started realizing that something was wrong And I think, you know, what would be very important for me to talk about now, you know, in the next episode where I'm going to be talking about myself in this little series, I'll kind of intersperse these episodes, but I'm going to talk about the journey to getting her a diagnosis and support, because that was a whole chapter on its own. And I think that really requires its own episode. So if this is something that you think you're going to enjoy, if you want to hear more about my story and interspersed episodes throughout the season, please let me know. I personally feel this is going to be something useful and meaningful, but I want you guys to feel that way too. So please, please, please let me know. And I'm very excited to share this part of my life with you because it's I've shared bits and pieces, but I think I want to put it all together in this season and, um, 
it'll be kind of a theme throughout amongst all of our other episodes with guests and, you know, tips and relatable instances from my work as, as a clinician. I think this will really give you a good idea of where I came from and what my story was. So that's it for today. And thanks for joining us for season two, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.